Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And this week, my guest is a man I never tire of talking to, a genuine bona fide national treasure who's 50-plus years working as an actor, a presenter, and a panto dame means he's so well-known he, like Madonna, needs only one name. Born in Oldham, but raised in Salisbury, he landed his first role in theatre in Panto at the age of 16 and 57 years later is quite literally the godfather of pantomime. As well as working harder than Santa at Christmas, he's also gained critical acclaim for his roles in Poldark, I, Claudius, The Rocky Horror Show and will be forever remembered as lukewarm in porridge. In the 80s, he started presenting hit kids TV shows like On Safari and Rent-A-Ghost before becoming a Saturday night primetime star alongside Cilla Black on Surprise Surprise. In recent years, he's become a firm favourite on reality TV shows like Celebrity Masterchef, Gone to Pot, more of that later, and most famously as the winner of the jungle in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here back in 2007. He lives in London with his husband, Neil, and is never not a great partner in conversations. It's Biggins, so let's dial him up. How are ya? Very well, Kate, how are you? Looking Um, gorgeous in red. Oh, thanks, darling, as are you. Are you well, is life good? Yeah, well, life is very good. I had last year was my year of becoming a bionic man because uh, beginning of the year I had a heart operation. I had a new valve put in. Blimey. So I've got a wonderful scar down from there down to there where they took out everything and, and moved it around. And then later in the year I had a new knee put in. So I've got a, a fabulous new knee. Blimey, Biggins, you really have been busy. Yes, I know. It's been, and all through the NHS, which I have to say, I know everybody goes on about the NHS, but the NHS are absolutely superb. I mean, absolutely wonderful. And if you're prepared to wait, the national health is the best service you could ever get. Absolutely. Oh, God. Where would we have been without them these last few years, eh? I know. How's January for you? Because you are literally busier than Santa at Christmas. Um, how, what does January normally look like for you after a big run in Panto? Usually, Panto uh, after Panto run, it's holiday, you know, yeah. and it's uh, trying to work out. But of course, this, because of the pandemic, and uh, interestingly enough, I'll tell this story before I tell the next story, is that uh, we finished two weeks ago in Dartford. 
on a Sunday and every day we had to do the test. So on the Sunday morning I did the test and I was positive. No. And so I missed the last two shows, which was disaster. Oh. Um, so literally, I, I mean, I would, I mean, I've, I've, I had to uh, self-isolate, of course, like we all have to. Uh, but I did manage to get a couple of parties in at 10, 10 Downing Street, which was fabulous. <laughs> and the wine showed. <laughs> uh, uh, was it a meeting, Chris? Was it, it business? Was <laughs> I was, I was like, becoming prime minister. I was just getting a few tips. <laughs> so, Biggins, this is how white wine question time works. I come up with three thought-provoking questions that are devised to help me rummage around in your fascinating life. So are you ready for question number one? In 1999, you were featured on This Is Your Life With Your Family and the likes of Joan Collins, Cilla Black, Gillian Telforth, Bob, Bonnie Langford, Barbara Windsor and Linda Bellingham in attendance. But I wondered if the show were made today, which new friends would be included in the lineup, and why is it important to keep making new friends and making space for new relationships? Well, it's interesting you should ask this question, and, and the question, you know, that what you mentioned is that I continue to make new friends. I have to slightly disagree with you, because in fact, as I'm getting older, I'm losing, not losing friends through death or anything like that, but I'm losing friends because Friends are exhausting. I mean, you, you can have them and they're wonderful, but time is of, of a, an essence. And I want to do more things with Neil, my husband, and, you know, do, uh, you know, cut down in a way because they are quite demanding friends. I, listen, I'm, I'm not going to give any friend up and I love everybody. And I'm very, very lucky uh, to have met some wonderful people in my life. So the answer to the question is, of course, there are people I would add uh, to the list that I have. And, uh, for instance, there's some friends of ours uh, called the Bamfords who own a company called JCB and she owns a, a food company called Dalesford. I would have to have them. I mean, they're fancy um, biggins. They are fancy country folk, aren't they? They are fancy country folk, but they are very kind and very generous and uh, I, I adore them. Um, and there would be uh, Shirley Ballas, who, you know, the judge on Strictly Come Dancing, mm. who's a friend. I mean, you know, you do meet people all the time and you think, oh, they're lovely. I mean, last night we went to a dinner and there were some new people there who were lovely. But I'm not so sure I'm going to ring them up and say, look, would you like to become my best, newest, best friend? Because, you know, I'm 73 years old now and there's a sort of a time to run down and, 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 and enjoy what one has at the moment. And making new friends is quite a, an effort, I think, you know, if you're going to make them properly. So, so what made Shirley the exception? She's actually been on the show before, and I can understand why you two would have hit it off quick smart. Well, she is great, great fun. I admire her in, in the show. I love the show. I mean, I thought this, this year's show was wonderful. I mean, I... The, the winner was obviously going to be that lovely girl uh, and, and she deserved to win. But I love the two boys. Did you? And the two boys dancing were just simply fantastic. Really yeah. good. What I like about Shirley is she's very ordinary in a way and she's quite starstruck uh, in as much as she, you know, she's not from that showbiz uh, um Field, you know, she's more of an ordinary woman who is brilliant at what she does, mm -hmm. and that's judging her. 
dancing. And yeah. she's a wonderful dancer herself. Much like Len, actually. I think Len was in his 60s when he, he, he took to the panel on Strictly. So he had a life of being you know, a champion ballroom dancer, but not a very famous one. So when fame comes late in life, it must be quite an interesting experience. Yeah, I think it is. I, I worked years ago with a, a wonderful, wonderful actress called Peggy Mount. And Peggy, fame came to Peggy when she was in her 60s. And she was wonderful. I mean, I had the best time. We did a play at uh, Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. And the director wasn't that great. And uh, <laughs> she said to me, she said, uh, over a coffee, she said, Peggins, we're in trouble, dear. I don't know what we're going to do, but he can't direct traffic. <laughs> so I had to go to the artistic the artistic director and say, look, can you help here? And uh, we, we, we worked out something and we, we eventually the production was hugely successful. So uh, things can be done. But she was just, I mean, amazing. I mean, I, when I think of the people that I've worked with and met over the years, it's been fantastic. I've been very, very lucky in meeting the people that I've met and making them well, friends. It's 57 years that you've been working now. It's a lot. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it is a lot. I mean, you know, I suddenly think to myself, my goodness, how have I done this? And I realise that I am 73 years old and I've been in the business for 55 uh, years. I mean, I was when I was 21, I came to London and starred in a, a, a children's show called The Owl and the Pussycat Went to Sea, <gasps> S-E-E-Dot-Dot-Dot-Dot. Um, and, you know, that was a wonderful time. And I, that was my 21st birthday. Uh, you know, it's amazing. You know, when I look back at my CV, I think, my God, the things I've done are fantastic. I mean, even before you came to London, you'd already had an incredible apprenticeship in theatre due to working yeah. at the local uh, rep, which you adored and loved, didn't you? It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I mean, two weekly rep. I was on two pounds a week, heavily subsidised by my parents. <laughs> And I used to go out propping for the shows and my parents would come and see the show and there was more of their furniture and, uh, and belongings on the stage in Salisbury than there was in their home. Used to strip the house. Was so, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was, it was fantastic. And we had Stephanie Cole, who uh, was a wonderful actress and she got me into Bristol Vic Theatre School, which I, I loved. So those early days, I was... Four years were so good for me, and I knew what I wanted to do. I learned my craft. I did everything in those four years. It was wonderful. Oh, you really did. I mean, you, you, you took on every role imaginable or that you were able to get access to in order to learn yeah. your craft. Um, you write wonderfully about Stephanie Cole in your autobiography in the fact that she kind of blew your mind with her profanities. <laughs> You weren't, um, you weren't used to women using language like she used. <laughs> no, I remember we were doing a play and she had to walk down three steps. And on each step, she said, fuck, bastard, shit. And I was, it, it was just wonderful. I mean, we all, I mean, none of us could believe what she was in, but she, she did it. And then, then she realised what she did and she laughed and laughed and laughed. I mean, it was, it, they, they were wonderful days, those. They were really wonderful days. She got you into Bristol Old Vic. That was yeah. quite a crew uh, that you studied alongside there. I mean, talk me through who who you studied with, and, and they went on to greatness. Yeah, they did. We had the wonderful Simon Callow, and then we had Tim Pickett-Smith, who was, again, a wonderful actor. Um, and then he passed away. 
And then we had uh, another actor who um, I was best man at his wedding because he what, it, what happened was he fell in love with a girl at drama school called Julie Hallam, who was gorgeous. And she was going to be a star. She was going to be a really she was going to be so big. It wasn't true. And they got married, this man and uh, and Julie. And I was their best man. And I went on their honeymoon and surprise, surprise, the wedding only or the marriage only lasted a year. And in a year's time, I, ha I was there separating the presents between the two of them. <laughs> I then went on to introduce him to his now wife, which they're still together after many years and have two wonderful boys. Uh, but we never considered this actor to be really a star. He was good. He was good fun. He was lovely, lovely boy, but not going to be a star. And of course, how wrong were we? Because his name was Jeremy Irons. He's won an Oscar. And went on to win Oscar. I mean, honestly, talk about being robbed. He is gorgeous, and I still see him, and he's a lovely, lovely boy. And, uh, and, and but it, it was it was a, 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 a true. And I'll never forget when we we went on. I went on their honeymoon, and we went. He had a Citroen two. Can I just ask why? Why did you go on their honeymoon? I don't know. They just said, would you like to come? <laughs> Did you not think I, three might be a crowd? No, no, no. <laughs> I was so egotistical. I didn't think, it, I just wanted to go on a holiday. So we, we went to Spain and we were in the Citroen 2 CV and I sat in the back and I'd never, I don't think I'd ever been abroad before. And I didn't know about sun rays. And when I arrived in Spain with the roof down of this car, the Citroen 2 CV, I was completely burnt from head to toe. <laughs> and they had to spend this first week of our, our of their honeymoon putting things on me, lotion. <laughs> As I lay, in a, I, I lay in a bed and did nothing, it bring food to me. I was like an invalid. <laughs> it was hysterical, hysterical. Um, bed baths by Jeremy Irons, it was wonderful. <laughs> and you also set him up with his second wife. Yes, Shanae Cusack. We were, I was doing a play called London Assurance uh, in the West End. And he was doing a show called Godspell, uh, playing uh, Judas uh, in Godspell. And uh, we, uh, we, uh, Shanae took over from, from Judy Dench. Uh, there's a lovely story about Judy Dench too, because I, because I was the youngest in the company. I used to collect if people were leaving for presents. And uh, Judy was leaving. So I went around collecting everybody, money from everybody. And in the head of the company was Donald Sindon. And I went to Donald, I said, Donald, tonight, uh, Judy's leaving, as you know, will you present her with her present? So he said, I'd love to. He said, but I've got someone coming to see the show tonight who might be slightly better than me. And he said, I'm going to tell you who it is, but don't tell anybody. So he told me, well, I couldn't. I was beside myself. <laughs> anyway, uh, he, he, uh, the head of the show came and we all went to Donald's dressing room. And Judy was there and Donald made a speech. He said, uh, Judy, Sally, you're leaving, but we've collected something for you. And we, we couldn't just get any old person to present you with this. And he said, so we've got Princess Grace of Monaco. And in she came from his lavatory. And she walked in. The Grace Kelly. Place. Yeah, Grace Kelly. She came in and, oh my God, it was unbelievable. She was so beautiful. She was so gracious. She was funny. And uh, Judy Dench fell on the floor. She literally fell on the floor. I mean, it was just wonderful. Wow, wow, wow. And listen, that isn't your only blind date experience with the princess, is it? 
No. Are you referring to Diana? I am. And Liza. I mean, listen, as anecdotes go, Liza Minnelli and Princess <laughs> Diana, I mean, that's the most amazing set of bookends right there. I know. I was a, a good friend of Liza's. Um, and I'm sadly, uh, as the years have gone on, um, we've lost touch. Uh, there's a wonderful story. She was in the Ivy with David Guest, who she was about to marry. And uh, a friend of mine uh, called Petal, who was the most outrageous girl, woman, and a producer, uh, were in sitting next to them. Well, she couldn't, Petal was, couldn't believe her luck. She was sitting next to Liza Benelli. So she started a conversation. And eventually she said to Liza, she said, oh, by the way, Miss Minnelli, we have a mutual friend. And Liza said, who's that? And she said, Biggins. And Liza went, Biggins. Biggins. And turned to David Guest and said, that's the man I was trying to tell you about. And she turned back to my friend Petal and said, what's his first name again? How <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mighty have fallen. I mean, poor girl. I mean, From oh, hero to zero in one oh, sentence. Zero, zero, dear. But I mean, it was, I mean, I, I've been, I, I spent three weeks in Las Vegas with her where she was doing a show. I mean, we had the most wonderful time together. Uh, and she she was fantastic. I mean, you know, and still is. She's the greatest uh, solo female performer I've ever seen. I mean, you know, forget Streisand, forget uh, all the greats. I mean, she was, she could do everything. Mm. She could sing, she could dance, she could act. I mean, she was just wonderful. But the story, Brilliant. tell me if this is, if I've heard this right. But she, well, calls, she, she calls you one, she's in London. She says, uh, come and see me, but can you escort a girlfriend of mine? Yeah, that's right. So we, she was doing a wonderful show at the Albert Hall. She said, come tonight and see the show again. And I want you to take a, a girlfriend of mine. So I, I went to the dressing room and we we're laughing and having a, a, a drink, you know, a glass of wine or something. And then suddenly the door goes, there's a knock on the door and I go and open it. And standing there is Princess Diana, which is my date for the evening. And so we all have a drink and then they say to me, look, you, you, you can't go in with the lights up. So we will dim the lights in the auditorium and then you'll be taken to your seats on the front row of the uh, stalls uh, in the Albert Hall. So we were standing there for about five minutes. So I said to her, and I, I've met her once or twice before, but I mean, this was uh, up on a very personal level. And I said to her, I've just seen that wonderful picture, mom, of you, and your boys on Britannia, and you have your arms outstretched and kneeling down, and they're running towards you. Mm. It's the most wonderful picture. She said, well, you've got to remember that they're the most important things in my life. And that said a lot. And then, of course, it became just the, the worst tragedy ever. And we were talking about this last night, funny enough. I mean, she still is the, one of the most glamorous women ever. I mean, she's out there with, with anybody. I mean, she's extraordinary and sadly missed. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, the last few nights I have been with you revisiting one of my favourite shows ever that you've done, Gone to Pot. Gone to Pot was broadcast in 2018. ITV signed up your good self, Linda Robson, Pam St. Clement, Pat Butcher, uh, darts player Bobby George and footballer John Fashionow. And I, it, when you explained to me the premise of it, because what I want to know is why you said yes, what you got from it, and has it changed your appetite for new experiences? It certainly has changed my appetite. And I don't know why we didn't do a follow-up or two follow-ups or three follow-ups uh, with that group of people. Because mm -hmm. uh, ITV took a group of people and put us in a psychedelic bus and took us to Los Angeles to find out about drugs. Pot, and about marijuana. Yeah, marijuana, yes. And to find out how it started, to meet people who... In those early days, we're taking it for all sorts of reasons, recreational, medical, and thing. And we met some extraordinary people who uh, wouldn't be alive today if they hadn't taken it. I mean, you know, it was a, a wonderful drug. And by the same token, we heard about stories of people who died, you know, through taking it. So it's 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 a very precarious drug, but it was a wonderful program to do. And then we had. Um, uh, the wonderful, I, uh, I'm going to try on his name now, this is terrible. The, Bobby George. Uh, Bobby George, who I adored. And Bobby rang me only a week ago, funny enough, to see how I was. I mean, he's yes, he's outrageous. Of course, the two of us were absolutely, I mean, I made a point of saying to myself, I am not going to get stoned on this program because, you know, you're going to be so careful. So I uh, thought I would, the only thing I would do is I would eat some uh, pot. And this woman made uh, some pasta and put pot in it. And I was starving that particular day. 
And I ate nearly every single morsel of that pasta. And that night uh, we went back to, we were staying in a, a hotel called the Madonna Hotel. The Madonna Inn, San wasn't Francisco. it? Madonna Inn, yes. Yeah. Which is a very famous hotel. All the rooms are themed. And I've always wanted to stay there. And we get in our van, our psychedelic van, and we're driving off. And I don't know where I am. I'm absolutely no idea. I mean, I could have been anywhere. And it took me and four or five men to walk me out of the bus. And so we walked into this hotel, which I, did, I can't remember anything about the hotel. And I was put into bed, fully clothed. And I, I managed to go to sleep. And apparently they came in every hour to see if I was still alive. <laughs> uh, and same. So, so let's just set this up. So basically... ITV sent you on a road trip to travel through, uh, uh, travel a route where pot and marijuana is entirely legal in Los Angeles. So you could explore the health benefits or not of it to to raise the debate, to have the conversation, but also to immerse yourselves in the experience. So you went out there thinking, I'm not going to smoke it, but I will eat it. Not realizing that eating it gets you really stoned. (laughs) If you eat too much. I mean, really really stoned i mean and both bobby george and i did eat too much of it you had a whitey didn't you you had a proper whitey proper whitey (laughs) and we were staying in this hotel which i'd always wanted to stay in and when i woke up in the morning i was in a cave it when i thought i've died and gone to hell because it was a terrible (laughs) cave with with big stones and there were stones on the floor and there were Vines hanging all around it. In fact, I was in a prehistoric room or something, you know, and I went to the... <laughs> it looked like the Flintstones set. It did like the Flintstones. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it took me a good... Well, it took us both, uh, Bobby and I, to 24 hours to get out of that uh, uh, syndrome. I mean, we, we, we were... Had, it was a whitey and a half, as they say. I mean, Bobby cried actual tears and started wailing and saying, I want my mummy. And this was a man in his 70s. I mean, how much had you eaten? Oh, God, too much. And this, and this woman who get, cooked it had put so much stuff in there that we, we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, it was just ludicrous. I mean, it was, it was extraordinary. I mean, but it was, a, it was a wonderful experience. And, of course, I came away from it knowing how important the drug is for medical reasons. I mean, it, it does help so many people. We met so many people who were being cured, who were being helped physically and mentally by the drug. I mean, it was just wonderful. And I think if taken within realms of uh, knowing what you're doing, it, was, it would be fantastic. Well, it, the, science, the science backs up exactly that. But like all drugs, you have to use it sensibly and moderately and, and know what you're doing. Um, and, and at least in these cases, they were, you know, they were dosing, weren't they? So, you knew, I mean, when you ate the brownies, for example, even on a recreational level, they were like, well, that's a light buzz. That's going to get you really stoned. And the one in the middle, well, you know, bit of both. But you kind of knew what you were getting into. Yeah, we Ish. did. We did. Uh, we ish, exactly. But it was ish. a wonderful road trip. Wonderful road trip. But after uh, taking part in Gone to Pot, has it given you an appetite to remain open to new things that maybe you'd already formed a harsh judgment around, like marijuana. No, no, I think it totally. I mean, I, I'm, I'm for it in a big way because I think it, what it does is, is fantastic. I mean, it really does help 
the majority of people who are suffering. And I yeah, think who are that's using it what, medically. Yeah, they're using it medically. I mean, yeah. you know, and whatever whatever does anyone does um, uh, in their own life is up to them. But I mean, certainly medically, it is a fantastic drug. What other new experiences has that encouraged you to dive into? Um, I think it, it, it's opened my mind to people uh, in as much as, you know, I think we judge people too readily. And so it's you, you have to think about what other people's problems are and why they react somehow to you. I mean, John Fashionow, you know, opened my eyes. I mean, I, 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 he's not my best friend, as I said, but I, I could understand his problems mm. and the problems that he had and was, and was about to have and still probably has got. Um, I mean, you know, he has a lovely daughter. Uh, and so there's, there's, there's lots of reasons why you should be, you shouldn't be too judgmental of people. And yeah. I think that's one of the things I learned, um, and, uh, which is good, which again goes back to the friendship bit. You know, my friends are very important to me, the ones I have, and I absolutely love them. And who have you kept in touch with from that trip? Obviously, Bobby called you this week to see how you're doing. Is Pam still Bobby. in touch? Yeah, Pam's still in touch. And Linda, I spoke to uh, two days ago. Yeah, we, we're, we're neighbours and uh, we, we share a, uh, uh, an actress friend called uh, Leslie Joseph. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we, we're, we're, we go out for meals and she has... Uh, three wonderful children uh, and her son is absolute louis he is absolutely brilliant musician mm. and, uh, he's very very clever so i i adore him and we, we all go so we're a bit like family with linda she's wonderful oh that's so nice to hear Okay, my final question. What are the wrong turns or at the time what felt like wrong decisions in life that turned out actually to be a complete blessing in disguise for you? Um, I think, funnily enough, it's another reality show. And the show that I'm, I'm thinking of and, and, and has been the most important show in my life, the most important thing I've ever done. I People say to me, what is your job that you love the most and the answer to that is i'm a celebrity get me out of here i'm so surprised that you say that why is, why is that I, I, i'm genuinely interested well i say it because it's true and uh you go into that jungle and you go in one of 13 or 14 people however many it is and i found it the most exhilarating experience ever i just loved every moment I didn't think I was going to win. And when you win, voted in by the general public, it's extraordinary. I mean, that is what makes it so special, that you find out the love that you have from the public. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. And yet, now I did meet some, and, and you know, I don't see them all the time, but I, uh, I, I do try and keep in touch with people that we were in the jungle with. And they, they were such wonderful people. And we had the best time ever. Did, did you go in late as well, Biggins? Yes, I went in three days late, yes. Which, See, and, and I was confronted by uh, the awful um, Janice Dickinson, the American model. <laughs> and it was my, first of all, when I met her, I thought, well, she's quite camp and lovely. Then I t it turned out that she was the most hideous woman I've ever met in my life. <laughs> 
she's certainly not on my Christmas card list, I can tell you. Get and off the it, fence. Yeah, exactly. And it was pretty, what what it was, was that? Remind me why she was so offensive. Well, she was vulgar. She was uh, vile to a lot of the other contestants in, in the show. She manufactured rows. Uh, she hurt a lot of people. She upset a lot of people. I mean, it was, and when I did the, the first, when I went in, we did a live trial and it was just her and me and she did nothing. She, and I, <laughs> at the time, I didn't realise she'd done nothing. I was the one who was covered in, in insects and, and glue and, and terrible stuff. And she came out pristine because she didn't do anything. And I got all the cars. And it was then I realised uh, what a, a bitch she was. And uh, it, in the end, it was between the two of us. She was the finalist, I was the finalist. And then I, I was still at that particular point convinced that Anne to Deck were going to say, and this year, the queen of the jungle is Janice Dickinson. And when they said king, I, I couldn't believe it. I, and I really couldn't believe it. And her face was a picture. She was not pleased. <laughs> was she not? Oh, no. She got in a, car, in a car immediately and went to the airport and left. <laughs> Did she? And, yeah, she did. I mean, she was she was extraordinary. And uh, did you um, did you ever see her again after that? We met on the Terry Wogan show, um, and uh, or was it Jonathan Ross? One of those, one of those. And we were both on the show. And she said she did apologize. She said, uh, I, "I I know I was very badly behaved, but that's what my business is all about." So she she put it on herself. Listen, you're no stranger to a diva, but diva to the truest sense of the word, right? Exactly, exactly. And I and I wouldn't put up with it from, from Janice Dickinson. I mean, she was she was horrible to a lot of people on that show. I mean, she was, you know, not nice at all. And I did ask her once to apologise. And she said, why should I apologise? Because why do why would you make me apologise to that woman? I said, because you're not a very nice person, you know. So it was it was a very interesting. But of course, in a way, I think that I'm a celebrity get me out of here thrives if people don't get on. And of course, the producers, I'm sure, were encouraging her to do things, you know, that she perhaps not, might not really normally do. And I think it's become the jungle. I mean, I would be very disappointed if I was in the jungle now and I had to go to Wales. to a castle. <laughs> yeah. God, uh, but I mean, you know, it was uh, it, it still is the best show on television, I think, the best reality TV show. Mm. I mean, that's wonderful. And the boys are fantastic. It's the ultimate popularity contest, isn't it? And and I can understand why you, now you've explained that, why it felt so important to you, because it was affirmation. I mean, if it was voted in by any other way, you wouldn't think anything of it. But the public, the public, and that I said to the producer, the executive producer at the time, the following day, I said, was there much between us? And she said, oh, my God, you were way ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was always very encouraging. But, you but know... Maybe her bad behaviour and your response to it is it helped helped you to win the show. Well, it possibly could, you know, because I stood up to her. Yeah. You know, and I think the public, the public could see that, you know, yeah. and I, I wouldn't put up with her, her rubbish. Having none of it, Viggins. It's yeah. not, it takes a lot to rile you, but once you go, I can imagine that you are quite oh, the yeah. hairdryer. Not very nice, not very nice. I'm sure Neil, Neil will be nodding in the next room going, that's right. <laughs> but why did, the, why did the jungle feel like a wrong turn or a wrong decision before you'd done it? Was it something you were nervous, a little bit of trepidation around doing it? I'd always, I was favourite for the boys, Ads and Deck, to do it. And they always asked me, and I was always doing a pantomime. 
because uh, that's the same time of year. So uh, they asked me one year to do it in January. And I thought, oh, now what should I do? Well, this is very, because, you know, you've seen the show so many times and it can make or break people. And, you know, the strongest people, and nobody wants to go out first. No. Uh, no one wants to go out at all, really. I mean, you, you know, every day when you're on sitting on your log and the boys <laughs> come in and say, you know, who's being evicted, it's a terrifying moment. That's the, that's the most horrible moment. And so you don't want that. And so you, you, you stay, try and stick clear of that. But the thing that happens in there is you, you, don't, think, you don't think about anything. You just think about what you've got, got to do. And some of the things I had to do, I, you know, I was put in an underground cave with uh, Anna Ryder Richardson. And we, they let in, it was pitch black, and they had night camera on us. And they let in 200 rats. And there's the marvellous moment where one of the rats got on my crutch and I thought it was my water bottle. And I nestled, <laughs> I nestled this rat on my crutch. And, I, and then I realised what it is and I throw it off. And it, it's a, it's a, it, you can still see it on YouTube. It's a great, great moment. I think that was one of the moments where I won it. The other, uh, when I did a charade, and uh, the charade is you... you, you, you uh, you, you play with different parts of your body. So uh, how can I put this in the kind of way? So you, you start off by, you know, touching your, your, your uh, tits, you know, your, 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 like that. And, and people are shouting out, try and get what, what the thing is. And they're shouting bosoms, tits, you know, all these things. And then you go down lower and you start your crutch and all these dirty things are coming out. And then, then you say, oh, forget it. It, it. It's nothing. I just wanted to hear you all talk dirty. <laughs> I, I, and that I think won it for me because it well, and it did go on much longer than that. And it was I did all various parts of my body, and, and people were screaming. All the other uh, contestants were screaming out the filthiest things. I can't tell you. And it was a wonderful moment. And I think that was one of the reasons I won. Oh, because I'm so glad that you did, and that you are still winning. Listen, you're fifty, however many years in, still working, uh, still at the heart of the industry and I commend you and applaud you sir thank you so much for your time today uh, Kate it's been an absolute joy your divinity oh, I love that I'm going to take that that's the nicest thing anyone said to me all year <laughs> <laughs> if you've loved listening in with Christopher Biggins he's got his own podcast it's brilliant it's called Show and Tell and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts as always White Wine Question Time is produced by me Kate Thornton with Ben Robbins for Yahoo UK and the Yahoo Studios team. Our music, as always, comes from Andy Bell, and we'll be back next week with more great guests. Until then, take care out there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.